Okay, that's great. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we uh, we get into our Fearless Beer Review, we get into our vinyl pickups that leads into the songs of the week, and then we finish it out with some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. Uh, while you're listening, go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Go on Spotify. They have a rating system now, too. Give us five stars on Spotify. Please, please go do that. Uh, we also have a phone number. If you want to call, leave a voicemail, send us a text. The phone number is 503-893-5307. And we have a Discord server. If you want to join that, hit us up. We'll send you the link, and uh, we can all hang out and try to have a good time on Discord. So <sighs> that's all I got for the boring intro. Now, Jeff, what do you have? What did you bring for, to the pod for the Fearless Beer Review? Go. Oh, nice. <laughs> Oh, good crack. Oh, good, good crack. crack. Good, 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 good. I, got, uh, I got more local stuffs here from a brewery called Uncle Bear's. Uncle Bear's Brewing. Okay. And All right. This is a spot that keeps opening new spots. New they spots. just open. Okay. They open a new one halfway between my house and the record store, Uncle Aldo's Attic. So next time we're out, we should hit that on the way back because they, uh, they got pretty good beers and they have really good food. Okay, I'm down. But maybe in a this couple one, weeks, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe not. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Don't want to spoil anything to anybody. Don't want to give anything away. But we'll see what happens. Um, True. I'll be here though. So this is called uh, Ocean Beach West Coast Style IPA. All right. IPA. I've had their peanut butter now stout, and it's delicious. And this this whole concept is based off of like a dog. They're they had a dog at some point, and it was named Bear, and they called the dog Uncle Bear. I don't know if it died or not, but the whole concept of this brewery is based around like a dog. So like their their thing is like a paw print, their their logo, mm-hmm. and a lot of their stuff are kind of um, I don't know called dog stuff. It's like their stout was called Wet Snout <laughs> Peanut Butter Stout. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, no, I it's like it. Kind of cute. Yeah, it's it's cute. fun. It's adorable. But yeah, this is this is a, a West Coast IPA, so hopefully it's it's just dry and there's no stupid sugars in it, and I hope it just makes my mouth feel like I'm gonna suffocate by not having water. That's what I want. <laughs> six point nine. Six point nine. Uh, that's that's strong for you. You usually don't drink beers that strong. You drink like bitch ass Coors Lights. What are you talking about? I, consistently, I drink stouts that are ten plus. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, right when I said I knew, I, I knew I shouldn't say it. Six point nine percent, sixty IBUs. So, poor this okay. bad boy. So I have a, uh, I have one also from a local brewery here in Southern California called Brewery X. This up and coming brewery that's just taken, taken the county by storm, by pretty much destroying every other brewery because it's so damn popular, and. Uh, this is uh, this is a double hazy IPA 
called uh, Torch Tattoo. It's uh, 8.6%. It's going to get me a little bit toasty. So mm. I might buy that a trade record later. We'll see. We'll see how that yeah. goes. And uh, I bought this because, I mean, a Brewery X always has a good beer. And I was actually there on Friday night. So that was nice. Uh, they usually have good beer. And I like the, the label on this one. It has just a bunch of cool little tattoos on it, like tattoo designs. And it credits the, the artist below each tattoo. So that's pretty cool. Uh, it it is not on Beer Advocate, so yeah, I can't even rate it on there. I don't. Even, it, I think an older version of this is on uh, Untapped because it says it's part of a signature series. So I guess every label they put out of this has different artwork on it. Yeah, that's from cute. different tattoo artists. Yeah, it's it's a cool idea. It's a really cool idea. So got this one. I mean, like I said, Brewery X they have good shit. So oh boy, you ready it's to? Funny uh, that. What that? Oh yeah, let's 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 get into it, and then then I'll have, I've I've some I have some funny anecdotes about Brewery X. Okay, here we go. Hmm. Okay. Mm. All right. What do you think of your old bear, guys? What's going on with this one? Hold on, I'm checking for dates oh, no. here. Oh no, checking is it for moldy? Dates. Moldy. All right. Well, well, Jeff's checking for dates. Uh. We are going to rate our beers with our world famous uh, world our world famous rating Ooh. system, where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer you're going to continue to drink, one is a bad beer but give it a shot, and zero is a drain pour. So, did you find any born on or born on date or anything? No, but I did buy these from the same spot. This oh. came from Albertsons. Yeah, maybe did you should Albertsons? stop buying beer there. Yeah, it came from Albertsons. Yeah, maybe you should stop buying beer from there. Not good. You know, it's got the same, like coming out the nose, it has that, that, that fucking moldy taste. That's weird. And I mean, this is just, if anything, it says it's brewed with some like grapefruit adjuncts. So that's, I don't like grapefruit, but I know exactly what it tastes like because we have a fucked on grapefruit here, but that is not grapefruit. It's, um, I may have, I may have incorrectly uh, graded last week's beer. Because if these are all just bad from Albertsons, then then I should probably go back. And yeah, do and maybe maybe not buy beer that's not you know national beer like Coors Light or Michelob or something. Well, next time I go to the record store, I'm just gonna stop by Uncle Bear's and pick up a little Crowler or a Sixer oh. of this. It's a good call. It's a good Rather call. than just I drive by it like every fucking time I go to the record store, it's right there. It's brand new. They got a patio. They have a balcony. It's a beautiful place. Ooh, I want to check this place out. Yeah, it's really oh, nice. Hmm. Okay. All right. But I mean, it's it's if it didn't have that nasty aftertaste, this would be pretty good. This is solid. I this is just a a dry West Coast IPA. Is what I wanted. Dry That's West it. Coast IPA. Yeah. All right. My, I feel like I need water. My lips are chapped. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna wake up with a gnarly hangover because you're so dehydrated. I'm all the hops. So uh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say that Brewery X. The distributors out here for the restaurants that I that I work at, I I we always just talk like beer and just random stuff, and we got on the topic of Brewery X somehow, oh. and and he was like, yeah, I've, like I've heard of Brewery X because he's from, he's not from California, but he's from a, a closer city to California, mm-hmm. but he knows, he he knows a brewer that worked for a different brewery that the guy who owns Brewery X offered him more money to go to Brewery X with more control over what he brews. Yeah. And so it's just it's just kind of funny like how like the shot hurt around the world. Like this guy Brewery <laughs> X doesn't 
as far as I know, doesn't know anything about brewing, but has like money, has the, like the, the, the business savvy to essentially poach brewers from other breweries, give them more money and let them have more creative control over what they brew and build this powerhouse brewery that will probably end up being like bought out by Anheuser Busch for a billion dollars. I can honestly see it because it's grown so fast in two years. I think it's only been open for two, maybe three years. Yeah, and and I do know the guy. The guy who does run it actually did do that because Ryan, friend of the pod, Ryan had a conversation with the owner one time because he was trying to sell him a, a fire alarm system, and they were talking about beer. And the guy did tell Ryan that that he doesn't know anything about beer. He's just hiring a lot of really good brewers from other breweries to come join him. So it comes straight from the guy. What like I mean, it's. I don't know. It's so cool, right? Because you're you're a brewer at some other brewery. Let's say, let's say Coors Light does not bad mouth small breweries, and someone's like, "Yeah, dude, I'll offer you a little bit more money, and you literally can just do whatever the fuck you want." Like, obviously, I'm gonna move and go with you because yeah, I'm yeah. getting more money, and I'm going to have full creative control over the beers that I make. Mm-hmm. I, I think anybody would. It'd be kind of stupid and, not to. And it's smart. And, and and to top it off, it's he's he's like, I'm just going to hire you, and I'm just going to sit in my office and cash checks. I don't want to have nothing to do with the day to day. I just want to sign the paperwork, and that's it. Like, what what better owner could you possibly ask for? Yeah, who doesn't micromanage or anything? Because I've never I've never seen anybody there who looks like who looks like he could be the owner. Because everybody who works there is fucking young. You know, mid twenties, late twenties, maybe. There's nobody old there that I've seen. Not say I don't know if the guy who owns it is old, but I assume he is older at least. He'd probably be in his forties, I would think. I would, I would imagine, yeah, I would imagine. But I mean, he's got he's got something going, and the only thing that that's irritating to me about the brewery is about Brewery X is that there's never parking, so you have to park across the street in the industrial park across the street, and then like jaywalk across like busy ass La Palma. We can they do like the half thing though, right? Isn't La Palma have the, the center divider where it you does can kind of stand on? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But still, you're crossing three lanes on each side. So. La Palma's a quick street. That's like a 50 miles an hour speed limit, Yeah, no, right? it's, it's fucking fast. And yeah, they fucking so that cars means people, go a lot faster than that. Yeah, so if it's 50, the speed limit, that means cars are going almost 60. Yeah, and it's and it's like right between, like right in the middle of two lights, so everybody's going the fastest they can. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, not, the mo- it's not the safest thing to do, but... You know, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> All right. So with my my torch tattoo, uh, I'm gonna have to give this a. I mean, oh, this is this is a really good double, especially double IPA because usually they could be way too hoppy. But this is a this is a good blend of like a str- this is a good strong hazy. That's what this is. A really good strong hazy. I'm digging it. It's not nearly as juicy as like the Deschutes one that I that I love so much. But this is good. I, I would definitely definitely drink it again. And uh, with that said, I, I'm going to give this a 2.5 out of 3. This is good stuff. Damn. Wait, so do, wait, you, you didn't give your rating, did you? I don't think I'm going to. I don't. This is this just seems too coincidental that two beers I got taste like mold. Yeah, that's a little weird. I mean, I, I just and this the, the brewery's base their their home base is in Gilbert, and the Alberts I go to is in Gilbert, the same fucking city. Come on. Yeah, it might be like, something with Albertsons. Maybe they're just stocking old beer. I don't know. Because they have like a shelf. I mean, they have a whole walk-in cave, and it's really nice, and it's massive. Oh, but yeah, they have like big. one shelf dedicated to just like local stuff. 
and it's just all single. You make your own six pack for like $11 or whatever it is. And that's where I usually get a lot of the stuff. And I buy two of everything. So friend of the pod Sloan can have some. And then, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just too, too coincidental that two beers, two local beers would be expired. Yeah. A little strange, a little strange. So I'm not going to rate this one. Um, because I don't think it's I don't think it's fair. Okay. I think I'm gonna go back and adjust my rating from the last one. So are you just gonna dump what you have now and go with something? No, I'm gonna drink it because it's not as gross as the last one. Okay. This, um, right. I mean, I've the 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 West Coast IPA is eighty percent in the front and then like twenty percent in the back is like the mold taste, and even then, it's still masked by a lot of hops. All right, but All I'm right. a super taster, so I can taste it. Well, you're not. I am a super taster, but. Well. It, <laughs> anyway, what what do you have for your uh, for your backy? Not super anything. I have <laughs> I I have these things called Wow Wheat. I've a I've a, I've I bought these kids that were on sale at Albertsons, and it's it's Four Peaks, who's owned by Anheuser Busch. It's their version of like a Shock Top or a Blue Moon, mm-hmm. but it's a lot thinner. It's a lot more watery. It's not as as Wheat flavor, wheat tasting. Not a lot of yeast in there. Yeast, yeast, yeast. <laughs> like yeast. <laughs> so I got these as, as backies because they came out to like forty cents a can, fucking cheap. Yeah, so I got. <laughs> All right, I just I'm thinking of boil. I, I can't like yeast, like yeast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, for my backies, I got my I got my typical buddies with me, you know? I, I, you sure. can't go wrong with a buddy at all. Perfect beer, mm-hmm. that's what that is. You're never alone when you got a buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and and next time, and we say it every time, the next time I'm with Jeff in Arizona, we are going to be drinking like the 10-year-old Budweiser that you have that we found in the old gig bag. Yeah. We're going mean, to do it. We're finally going to do it. It's not that it's like 10 years old. It expired like 10 years 10 ago. 10 years ago, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's been <laughs> in a gold guitar, an old guitar case. <laughs> it hasn't been refrigerated in fucking 10 years. It's refrigerated now. It's, it's yeah, chilling yeah. right now. But, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it wasn't like brewed. Ten, it expired 10 years ago. Well, I remember last time I came out a couple months ago, you hadn't put it in the fridge yet, but you had it on display in the room. Just, <laughs> yeah. just, just out there and just on display, like this old ass can they don't even make that design anymore on budweiser <laughs> yeah it's dumb but we're probably gonna get sick on the pod it'd be so funny if we both threw up on the pod that would be nice <laughs> that would be fun that'd be a first uh, that would be a first yeah i've almost thrown up once on the pod because i you threw up somewhere. all the time i've never thrown up on a pod not in the pod but you throw up all the time in real life no, i rarely throw up i see once every couple times once every couple of years i'll throw up you're dumb I think oh, I seen you throw up Ryan, in Ryan threw up in Ryan threw up in a sink this week on Saturday night. That's after the rumble. Nice. Yeah. He, he took a shot of whiskey and he started choking and coughing. He was trying to play it off like it wasn't bad. And he just kept coughing and coughing and then he just had to go over to the sink and he just started throwing up. And, but nobody noticed except for me. What? And it was, nobody noticed. How does nobody notice a man barfing into a sink? I don't know. I don't know. Especially Ryan. Like everybody like Walking on eggshells to see how Ryan's going to react to a shot. That's a well-known <laughs> fact. Everybody wasn't was Kevin toasty. there. Yeah, Kevin. Well, no, Kevin had left already. Oh, yeah, it was Kevin had left at that point because Kevin would notice. Oh, for sure, for sure. And then afterwards, as I'm uh, as we leave, Ryan's like, "Do you know I threw up in the sink?" I'm like, yeah, I, heard, I saw and heard you throw up. 
<laughs> he was like, well, nobody, nobody else did. Nobody else did. I said, I don't know how the hell they didn't because they were literally 10 feet from you. Good times. What a, what a dummy. But, okay. Anyway, are we good with the Fearless Beer Review? Yeah, no, I'm good with the Fearless Beer Review. Okay. So, pod talking is hard. Uh, next thing we have here are our vinyl pickups. So, what do you got, Jeff? Go. I actually fell asleep halfway through the rumble. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. More than halfway, like almost all of it, I, I slept through. Why? I think I was just tired that day. Oh, because that was the day that I went to the record show. So I fucking woke up when oh, it was still God. dark. And I'm just not. I like got a Saturday, like, yeah, I don't fucking wake up that early. That's just, that that's silly. So yeah, I, I, didn't follow, but I watched a stupid woman's rumble, and then I watched the Lesnar um, fight. Oh, and, yeah. All dumb, but I missed I missed most of the rumble, so that was that was fun. Wow. That was exciting. Well, I didn't I didn't win the pot for either rumble, so that sucks. Yeah, well, okay. <sighs> never won, never won. All right, I never won. You've only been to like three, four rumbles. I started the rumble, baby. Yeah, you you did, but you quickly stopped going. To I started the rumble. I started Christmas karaoke. I like yeah, to start which, things and then just pass them off and let them <laughs> let them run its course. Yeah. Christmas karaoke ran its course. They lasted almost ten years. There was, there was a, a yeah, there was a solid like three or four years where we had a crowd of like twenty five, thirty people. Oh, there was yeah, that was so much fun. That was so fun. <laughs> we Not went to the to the Pineapple Hill Tavern in Tuscan. Remember that one we went yeah, to? Yeah. That was only that was only one time we went there and then we realized, oh, it's so much better at at uh Oh my Tom god! Tomcats, Tom yeah. God, I love Tomcats, but I don't like the new Tomcats. It doesn't have the same charm as the old one. The new Tomcats sports bar feels like a like a textbook definition of putting lipstick on a pig. That's what the new <laughs> Tomcats is. <laughs> yeah. Fucking terrible place. So, yeah. Anyway, final. What do you got? The first thing here, um, I should listen to this. Right before I fell asleep to the rumble, this is my second listen through. Scorpions, the Scorpions, really? German rock band. This is their album Blackout. This is uh, wow. their eighth album from 1982. It's it's the one that has No One Like You, which is a pretty dumb song. But this one doesn't feature Michael Shankar, 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 and I only know about him because. When we first started collecting, um, I got a U a live UFO record. Actually, I got it from the first first lot that I got from my mom's friend, and that's like what spurred this whole thing. Really, is I got like sixty records for free from this guy, and one of them was his live UFO record. And I was like, oh, I've heard of UFO, never really got into them. It's I don't know. Let's see what it sounds like. And it was fantastic. It was it was amazing. It was really really good. And I liked it because the guitarist Michael Shankar Shanker Shank. Probably Shankar. I don't know. I think I'm just saying ER. that because it's Ravi Shankar. Yeah, it's an ER at the end. Shen- so it's like Shankar? Shankar. Like, like you're shanking her? Shanker? Like you're shanking her, yeah. Are you going to shank her? Yeah, I'm a shanker. Okay. <laughs> and it featured him, and he's a fantastic guitarist. But his brother, Rudolph, he, he was also in uh, the Scorpions for various albums. But his brother, Rudolph, is uh, the guitarist, rhythm guitarist for the band. And this album's cool because it's... It's just like stereotypical car ad rock, 
like that mm-hmm. song, No One Like You, that's that would be featured in like a like an Altima, like like Altima commercial <laughs> or some boring fucking car. And that's what this yeah. band is. They're just like commercial band, like commercial rock is what they are. But the dude riffs, man. Rudolph, he's not like the lead guitarist. He has a couple lead parts. He has a couple solos. But the guy can riff, man. The guy throws down riffs like I've never heard in a band like this. He's just throwing out four, five, six, seven different chords over the course of, of like 20 seconds. And it's it's unreal. It's huh, fantastic. Okay. It's good I've, shit. I think everything I've heard from Scorpions... I've I've enjoyed, but nothing has ever got me to want to listen to more of a record. It's always been good, better than expected. That's for sure. This album too, like the singer fucked up his vocal cords, and they didn't know if he could sing and if he was going to happen. So they got the guy from Dawkins to sing, but then as like a last minute thing, they they booted him and he came back and, and sang on it. So sounds like a publicity stunt, but it's still pretty cool. Probably it's a good record. Was. Probably Viewers, he is for like five to eight dollars. This is a solid pickup. I probably, I think I would pick up any Scorpions record, but I saw, if I saw it for five or eight dollars, I'd probably pick it up. And like it made me realize I've never even seen Scorpion records. Yeah, right. I, I haven't either. I just don't weird. see them. Probably because they're a German band, so they probably go for more money. I or then they're more rare, at least here. Probably, probably, yeah, probably rare. I don't know. I, I can't imagine they're worth that much money. Like people are clamoring for the Scorpions. Probably not. My mom saw my mom saw him like two years ago, three years ago. Oh, jeez! <laughs> she said they were really good, and uh, I forgot who they were playing with. But yeah, no, she saw them, and the drummer is the drummer from Motorhead. So after Lemmy died, obviously Motorhead's gone; it's, they're done. So he, Mickey D, uh, joined Scorpions right after that. So she got to see him play, and he did like a six or seven minute drum solo. So she sent me like a two minute video of him doing a solo. Mm. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Well, that's fun. Yeah, she said it was a great show. I don't remember see, who else they play with though. Seeing the score, see exactly like seeing the Scorpions now is like mom and dad rock. Like that's commercial mm-hmm. rock. Like the fact that your mom yeah. went to see the Scorpions yeah. two years ago, it's just, that sums up this band. True, true. I mean, my mom kind of. I mean, she liked a lot of '70s stuff. You know, Zeppelin, Ted Nugent, Queen, Rush. You know, I took my mom to see Rush like five years ago on their last tour. So it's like, I don't know. She she liked more than just the commercial stuff. Wait, five, six years ago. Were you at the same show that I Love You Man was at? Was filmed no, at? No, 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 no. It was, it was a long time after that. That was five or six years ago. No, that no, was, was like, like 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> All right, so what else you got? Uh, this Okay, so there's this thing called the Bloomfield Super Session. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's Al Cooper. It's, it's 1968. It's Al Cooper. It's a record by him, but featuring Mike Bloomfield, who massive blues rock guy in the 60s, 70s, and Stephen Stills. And oh. it's it's Mike Bloomfield on side A and Stephen Stills on side B because Cooper had played with. I mean, dude, Al Cooper's. I've I've listened. I've I've got a bunch of his albums before. I've listened to his solo stuff. Not a fan of it. Just don't think it's very good. But mm-hmm. the guys played with just like anybody from the 60s and 70s, like Skinner, Bob Dylan, Hendrix, anybody you fucking name it, this guy's played with them. And so he 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 was bored one day at like a cabin that he owned, and he had already played with Mike Bloomfield on a Bob Dylan record, and he's like, hey, I really want to jam with you. 
you should come over for the weekend and we'll we'll record stuff and we'll jam and it'll be a good time. And Mike Bloomfield's like, okay. So he drives out there and, you know, Saturday they jam all day and it's just fantastic. And then Sunday morning comes and now Cooper like wakes up and Bloomfield's gone. Like he went home because he felt like, yeah, I don't want to be here no more. So he just took off. Weird. Okay. Weird. Very and so then Al Cooper calls up, calls up Stephen Stills, and because because Stephen Stills, uh, uh, Buffalo Springfield is starting to break out or um, fall apart, and so he says, "Hey, do you want to come jam?" And he's like, "Okay." So then he comes up, drives up on Sunday the next day, and they record like a whole another thing on the next day, just jam stuff, and that's what this record is: <laughs> side A, it's Mike Bloomfield, and side B, it's Stephen Stills, and like as we talked about with with the Crosby, Stills, Nash episode. Like I really, really like Steven Stills as a guitarist. I think he's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. I cannot yeah, stand yeah. when he opens his mouth, but I love his guitar playing. <laughs> and this album plays out exactly the way you think it's going to be. A weekend jam sesh condensed into 40 minutes. It is amazing. Cool. It is so where, where fucking good. From? I've been looking for this one ever since we did, ever since I got into the Neil Young thing and then dove into like the Crosby Stills Nash and I just started collecting everything from those artists and this was something that I've always been looking for but I've never seen it and so mm-hmm. then finally I saw it at Nichols and it was like $12 of course and so I was like oh fuck yeah. it I'll, I'll buy it I'll, I'll pick it up because I know it's going to be good because Mike Bloomfield even though I don't like the Bloomfield or the Butterfield whatever the fuck that band is called mm-hmm. and I don't I don't like a lot of the stuff that he's done I like his guitar playing I think he's I think he's just good. He's he's just really really good, and like I said, Al Cooper production wise, really good, really good musician. And so then I picked it up, and it was fantastic, and I really like it a lot. So you should definitely pick this up if you. What ever was it? it? What was it under? Was it under like Stephen Stills? It's under. It's technically under like Al Cooper, but I think it's called the Bloomfield Super Session. Huh. Okay. I'll keep an eye out for it. I think at the time he was the most just well known guy. Out of yeah, the th- out yeah. of the three, because because Stephen Stills was like a last ditch effort, but like all these guys played Woodstock, they were all there. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Fucking yeah, crazy to think about. Fucking nuts. <clears throat> right? it really it's just is. it's just like, hey, you want, do you want to come up and jam in my fucking cabin I have for the weekend? Yeah, and then he just bounces, and then he's like, okay, who do I call? Oh, let me call Stephen Stills. <laughs> and then he comes <laughs> up, and they spend an entire second day jamming and writing just a ton of really really cool shit. That's uh, that's pretty cool. That is really cool. What a life. <laughs> Bunch of pricks. It would have been so cool to be around at that time. Like as Just an adult, watch. like a young adult. Yeah. Just to be Hang kind out. of a part of that whole scene. That'd be so cool. It just seems like everybody was just jamming with each other. Like it, like there was just so much like, everything was just fluid. There was just a river and everybody jumped in the same river and came out with different people at different times and doing different things, but all really just having a good time. Yeah. It's good. All right, I got, so what else you got? I got this record. It's B.B. King. It's in London. That's the record's mm-hmm. name. It's a 1971 album. And I almost didn't even like listen to this because I have a lot. I, I, I come across a lot of B.B. King. I have come across. I don't need like six of his albums. I thought, oh, I just need like three. I'm good. Two, maybe, if they're really, really good. So this one I almost didn't even listen to just because I peeked online and it's got really bad reviews. It's just weird. Like, like critics pan this. Like, it just got shit reviews. And then, like, that intrigued me. I said, there's no way B.B. King could ever do anything that bad. This is no way. <laughs> and so then I looked at it, and just, like, the slew of musicians out here, like Steve Winwood, Ringo Starr, Peter Green, just anybody shit. that was a English person 
English person, an Englishman, Englishman, yeah, Englishman. a studio musician, an Englishman studio musician. Is that the right? Yeah, that, that yeah, sounds that's weird. Fine. That yeah, sounds no, that's weird. Fine. You're just using a lot of descriptors for a person, but they're all like Englishmen, but specifically studio like studio music. musicians, studio musicians from England. Yeah, there you go. That's not, see, you that's go. that makes more sense, and that that's that's a better descriptor of what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Yes, a lot of right. studio musicians from England. And when you go on like the wiki and you start clicking these names, you're like, oh, this guy's fucking like the Josh Freeze of this era. And he's played on 50, 60, 70 albums that we know so damn well. Just bass, <laughs> drums, fucking piano, everything. Yeah. And I said, okay, this is fucking bizarre. And this is over the course of like two minutes. I'm just looking at these reviews. And so then I like to go to All, All Music. I think it's called All Music. Allmusic.com because they yeah. have like a... a they have the critic reviews, and then they have like the all music user reviews. And the user reviews is damn near perfect. It's just That's, like it's four point five and higher. It's like four and a half stars or higher. It's almost perfect. And so, okay, clearly these critics are fucking shows, and they missed the entire point. So I'm gonna keep this. I'm gonna <laughs> listen to it, and I'm glad I did because it's amazing. It fucking rips. Like I said, it come. It came out in 1971, but. Mm. Like, let's not forget that 1971, we're like knee deep in psych music and hard rock is taking mm, over. True. Metal's coming to fruition here. And so what does B.B. King do? He doubles down on the blues, like does triples really? <laughs> down on it. Like he, he throws out some of the bluesiest shit that I've like ever fucking heard. It's, it's so heavy, but not even like in a crunchy fuzz way. It's just like he just really rips into it. And then sometimes he'll dump. There's an acoustic track on here, for God's sake. He throws out weird. an acoustic track on it and it's super weird. But it rips. It's an amazing album. Is it a double album? Like a double LP? No, it's just a single. I thought it was a live one too, because this is like BB King in London. Yeah, so that's I what I would have thought it was live. Yeah. That's but no, it's a it's a studio. And it's just like every song is a little bit different. They all have their own kind of unique nuance to it, but they're all based in blues. And I just thought it was just such a ballsy move for this guy to to throw down like an extra bluesy album with all of these stars that are clamoring to do something better like peter green fleetwood mac steve winwood yeah. doing the prog thing ringo star all of these guys are starting to progress as musicians and do something different do something bitter bigger better bitter better do something different <laughs> and then here bb king says hey let's all come and, and join forces and just do a fucking blues album and it oh dude it's so good fuck man now i want to look out for this one too <laughs> it's so goddamn good because i do see bb king you know like you know, a fair amount of times in the wild, but it's always like 25 bucks. And it's like, you know what you're getting yourself into in BB King. And you know, it's always going to be there. I have, I have three of his albums and this one's my, this one's my favorite. Hmm. Okay. This one's my favorite. I've never been like a big BB King guy just because like he's made so much stuff that it's hard to be like, Oh, he's so iconic. It's like, dude, he's been around for fucking half a century. Yeah. As and he was, he was to, like the later half of the or the like the last bit of the misses or the delta blues too so he wasn't there at the beginning like sun house and and stuff like that even though you like know. like like i think he's a better musician than like muddy waters was like muddy mm. waters brought blues music to chicago like migrating up to chicago like that the, the King's history a better, to he's, that. he's a cleaner player that's for sure no i think but, i think he's a better musician than muddy waters for okay. sure Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a better musician than than most of these guys, but that's just because he had their source material to work from. Yeah, that's true. Whereas like Robert Johnson, Sunhouse, they 
blind them in Jefferson. They had no source material. It's just this is all <laughs> yeah. uncharted territory. God damn right. it, this is fucking good. That, if you see it again, get it for me. I've never even seen it. This just came in a lot that I got. Oy. How much does it go for on Discogs? It's not a lot. It's like eleven dollars, maybe twelve bucks. I mean, I'm not gonna get it on Discogs. It's not one of those must gets. But if I saw it in the wild, I'd for sure get it. Yeah. There you go. Okay. All right. So what else you got? Uh, this was a little weird. So uh-huh. this is by this is by Smokey Robinson. Uh, and yeah, what? It's his album, A Quiet Storm. Now this is this is his third album, his third solo album from '75. This mm-hmm. is um, I only kept this because of how much it goes for on Discogs at the time when I was going to sell it at the first record show. That's how old this is that I've, I've just <laughs> not even got around to it. I know, almost a year ago. Yeah. And I was going to sell this. And I was like, damn, this goes for like 25 bucks. What the hell? So I was like, I'm just going to keep it and listen to it. I forgot about it and kept putting it off, putting it off. Like, dude, I don't want to listen. I don't want to listen to the miracles. I don't want to listen to Smokey Robinson. I don't like this, this era of, of like R&B and soul. It's not my thing. And so I put it off. And I listened to it last week, the, the first time. And so he made this as a contrast to like the funk revolution in black music of the time in like the mid seventies, like stuff like James Brown was doing of just a more energetic stuff. Mm-hmm. And so this is, this is like a complete 180 on that. And it's more of a smooth jazz R and B thing. That and sounds it sounds really weird. It sounds, it sounds bad. It sounds yeah. dumb. And while I still don't particularly care for the vocals all that much, I think they're fine, but man, dude, like this album this album grooves. This album grooves. It's got long grooves. It's got killer lines. It swings. It's fantastic. It does some really, really good like jazz R&B stuff that I've never heard before. Mm-hmm. And this did so well. And it kind of like blew people's minds that the term A Quiet Storm, that's the name of the album, became a descriptor for a subgenre of R&B. People were really? so blown away by the sound of this. They're like, holy fuck. What is this? This smooth jazz R and B thing that they created like a subgenre for the tone. Uh, I've I've never even heard of that. I've never heard of it either. I mean, like I, I don't know R and B for sure. Like still like a, a genre of music that I'm not I'm not too fond of. I'm still yeah getting my toes wet a little bit. R and B disco like those are the two that I just ah uh, it's tough. Well, disco, I mean, disco is easy to hate because you hear one song and, you know, it's kind of disco. R&B's got a lot more longevity to it. So it's hard to, you know, know, whatever. I don't know. But I was pleasantly surprised at this. And just the soundscapes on this, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And I love this. I love this record. I think it's It's so weird. I think it's great. But you don't think it's going to be a purge, a purge in like six months? No. Really? No. Okay, that's fair. This is this is one that if I if I even saw it out in the wild and it was like a quiet place, instrumental only, I'd buy it. <laughs> because that's, that's so how good it was. That's so weird. I mean, if you if you heard this, it would it would make sense because it just it's got good grooves, good good grooves. All right, all right. So what good else you got? Grooves. I bought Lou Reed's Transformer album. Mm-hmm. This is this is his second solo album from 72. This is for sure his most popular. This is uh his first one didn't do too well. 
because people still didn't really know who Lou Reed was. The Velvet Underground was like a still kind of like an underground thing and hadn't really blown up to crazy proportions yet. But this one was produced by Bowie because Bowie mm-hmm. was a huge admirer of Velvet Underground and Lou Reed. It's produced by Bowie and Bowie's guitarist, Mick Ronson. And this, this album has the song Wild Side, Take a Walk in the Wild Side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On it. And um, I mean, when we did the Velvet Underground episode, I... I that was completely uncharted territory for me. And I, I fell in love. I love the Velvet Underground. I think they're so amazing. And I like Lou Reed a lot, like a lot, a lot. And so this popped up at a local record shop and, you know, it's an OG pressing from 72. And I got it for like 30 bucks and it's super, super clean. And it goes for almost double on Discogs. So I'm very happy with it. And it's an amazing record. From no, from Grace. Oh, how is he selling it for that cheap? He's never that cheap. His his I mean like I said his his Friday stuff is always like twenty to thirty percent cheaper than the going rate because that's the mm-hmm. stuff they want to move every single week. But yeah. then sometimes you find these little gems here where, where he'll throw it down like like fifty percent less than what it goes for. Like that on the beach you got was like twenty five bucks and it goes for almost fifty on Discogs. Really? No shit. Yeah. But this that's- is a. This is an amazing record. I dude, Lou Reed is just I think he's so fantastic. I think he's an, I think he's a phenomenal songwriter. I think he writes amazing lyrics paired with just like a guitar. You could just listen to him play one chord and just talk throughout a song and it would mm-hmm. be fantastic. I think the guy is just damn near untouchable. One of the greatest songwriters of all time. Throwing it uh, out there. I, I don't I don't get it, man. I I mean, we go listen to that Velvet Underground. Anybody listening now, go listen to that Velvet Underground episode we did. I mean, they they did have some cool, like they you missed two, the boat on that one for sure. They had two really good records, but out after that, I mean, outside of that, yeah, it's it's tough, well, they have, man. They have two perfect records and two really good records. <laughs> no, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, wait, no, they have five records, but then I I just remember the fifth one was really not a Velvet Underground. Lou Reed wasn't even on it. No, it was nobody. It was, there was no original members. That album was still good, though. No, it was really good. <laughs> yeah, but it's not a Velvet Underground record. I, I just pulled up my rankings for that episode too because I, I couldn't remember what I what I listed and I forgot that the first record is my least favorite. Oh, the that one with Nico. Song. Yeah, with Nico. That, that's because uh, like it's popular and I'll, I'll, oh. I don't like it because the self-titled, anymore, the self-titled popular, number oh, one, and then oh. I remember Loaded being really good too. That was a really good one. Loaded was solid. Loaded. You would like Loaded because Loaded was a more straightforward like rock album. Like yeah, it was yeah. just it was dumbed down. Everything was just dumbed down. Yeah, I remember that. I remember it being like that. Yeah, you like that shit. It was when they got the the other guitar player, the new guitar player. That's when they got really good. Oh, that's when they got that. less unique. That's when they got more. That's when they got accessible. Really good. <sighs> that's when they stopped being pretend. They stopped, they they were they got a little less pretentious after that. That's what it was. Because what was a that? Little, that, a little that, that guy's name who left. He's so full of himself. Who was he? Was it John Cale? Is that the dude's name? Maybe. Was it the new guy? I don't remember now. I don't remember now. I just remember Lou Reed and Mo, the drummer. Mo. <laughs> She's like the Meg White of, of this era, of that era. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. So what else you got? That's it. That's, that's it? it, kid. That's it. That's Except all. for your song of the week, right? I said for my song of the week. My song of the week came from... Uh, came from... Came from... 
this this band, all their fucking vinyls that I want are so are so fucking expensive. And so somebody in our vinyl group had posted. People post all the time, like they're selling their you know fifty albums or a hundred albums, and they'll give you a list of them. And one of them was this album, Lesson Jake, and and the album Losing Streak. And I was like, oh fuck yeah! So I messaged him like within five minutes, and he had already said that it was gone. He said somebody already picked it up. I was like, god damn it! I was wow. all mad. And then like. Three, four hours later, he messaged me. He's like, hey, the guy, it fell through. He said that he already had the record and, and didn't know why he wanted I don't know what the fuck, some stupid excuse. And I was like, oh, he said, you still want it? I said, fuck yeah, I still want it. So I got it for 30 bucks. which wow, that's, on, that's cheap. On Discogs, like the last one that sold was like 60. And I'm I, like, this is just a record that, this this is a repressing of it too. This one, the original came out in 96. It's a repressing and it's on this, I mean, I don't really care for it, but it's like a, Looks like one of them, um, the mints you get from like a restaurant, little peppermints. Oh yeah, yeah, the red and white. Like, yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. Doesn't match anything as far as like the the artwork's yeah, concerned. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It's all purple and green and blue. Yeah, it's silly. But I I I bought it, and this is uh this album came out like I said '96, and I've been listening to Lesson Jake since fucking goddamn near '96. Like it's like these these three, their first three, the Pezcore, Losing Streak, and Hello Rock View. Like those three albums, I think are just goddamn perfect. They're just perfect They're ska. Great ska. It just it really like got me into just taking music a lot less seriously. And mm. in like my, my formative years of of playing guitar and growing up and stuff, and so this this album does hold a lot to me. I did find out some unfortunate news about this band, anecdotal news, I guess, from a mm. from a trusted friend though. And so I I think given that that problematic news that we heard. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I would support these guys like personally. Like, I don't think I would go see him, especially now just cause they're old and stuff. I don't think I would go see, I pay money to go see these guys. I've never seen them live. This is a band that just That's always true. eluded never me. See never seen them live. Yeah. And I don't think I ever will after, after hearing that unfortunate news, but I can't deny the fact that this album was an important part of my musical upbringings. Mm-hmm. And, I listened to this album like six times since I got it like four days ago. Jesus Christ. It's that fucking good. It's just beautiful. I didn't beautiful. even know you got this. I didn't know I, I, got I kept it close to the vest, baby. Kept yeah. it close to the vest. Usually when I get excited <laughs> about getting a record, I immediately text you. I'm like, oh, dude, I got this. You're well, much then, better at hiding your excitement than I am. <laughs> well, then also don't forget, too, that like almost the same day, that was when we got the news of, of the 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 problematic grossness that was oh, like, yeah, one of the members. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. And then I was torn. I was like, God damn it. Like, now I don't want to, like, blast our, our Discord with all the, my <laughs> excitement here because these guys are douchebags. But, <laughs> you know, crazy. I don't know. It's 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 a slippery slope there. But I will again, I will say that this is an insanely, I don't know, life-defining album for me, for sure. And this is one of the first albums I ever downloaded off Kazaa. If not the you, first so you album. Stole, you stole from the band. That's what you did? Yeah. Yeah, fuck them. Okay. I don't care. All right. I think the, right. I, I, like, if I can remember correctly, the first two albums that I ever downloaded off Kazaa was this one and Very Proud of You. I think Ooh. those are the first two that I ever downloaded off Kazaa. That's solid. That's really solid. And, and I downloaded this one, and it included a track that's not even less than Jake. It was just some other fucking band. So I, I didn't even get the full... It was the song Dope Man. I didn't even hear Dope Man until like a decade later because the song that I downloaded was not Less Than Jake. It was, you know, people <laughs> upload their own bands. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those that was, things. That was one of like, 
the most aggravating but also coolest thing that you that came from that is that you got to discover some cool shit but then it was also embarrassing when you thought it was the band and you tell your friends like oh this is such a cool whatever yeah band. like oh that's not them like what oh no because you have no way of knowing unless you yeah, buy the fucking no album but like obviously you're not buying the album if you're downloading it yeah exactly so yeah, it's less than Jake. Their album "Losing Streak" is their second album. The song that I chose is is a re, a redo. It's from their first album, Pezcore, and they kind of like redid it a little bit. And it's, the song's called "Johnny Questings for Sellouts." I think it's funny. I think it's I think it's fucking goddamn good. It's got a cool line. The bass is real squirrely. It's real mm-hmm. squirrely in this album, and this is just really really good ska punk. Yeah, it is. It's, it's amazing. And we did "Hello Rock View" right on the pod. An old kind of yeah we we because hello rock view and and losing streak they look similar they came out you know a couple years apart we were going to do one of them but then you did the wrong one was that what it was yeah and then we ended up doing the wrong one but like i know both of these albums so fucking well that it just it worked out fine yeah yeah and back then we didn't we didn't we didn't do nearly as much you know research as we do now exactly so it didn't really matter most of, most of everything in the old episodes were just all based off of memory. That's Very true. little research. No lyrics, <laughs> nothing. It was just like, oh, Let's we're going to do thrice? Okay. Listen to the record maybe, or listen to the record once. If we didn't know it, and that was it. Yeah, that brutal. Was pod. But now brutal. We're now we're idiots. We listened to the album of the week like five times. It's so good. It is good. Except next week. Might not be so good. Um, all right. So should we play a little bit of this song? Play a little bit. All right. So here is uh, Johnny Quest thinks we're sellouts by the Less Than Jakes. There you go, less than Jake, and the song Johnny Quest. Thanks for sellouts. 
good. Man, that, I, I haven't listened to Less Than Jake in a uh, long, 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 long time. Many, many moons. Many, many moons. They're so good. But yeah, it does the song, what we heard about them. The song, um, apparently, they knew a guy whose nickname was Johnny Quest. And there was a record store opening in like Florida where they're from. And they had like uh, the the record store had like a, a a battle of the bands, and whoever won would would play the day the record store opened, uh, like the grand okay. opening. And I guess Les and Jake played, won the battle of the bands, and got to play. And this guy who they had known as Johnny Quest, who they never even met, they just knew him just through name alone, had who had never met him or know anything about him, had told the record store guy like, yeah, Les and Jake are sellouts. Like after their first fucking album, they they only had one album. Not even they only had an EP because this was before Pescor even came out. And the guy fucking said, "Listen, Jake, are sellouts." And so they wrote a song saying, "Johnny Quest thinks we're sellouts." I love that. That is so cool. That's so funny. What a dick! It's a real dick move. Yeah. And also this week, I didn't realize I I only thought Johnny Quest was that that cartoon we watched the the CGI cartoon in like the nineties. That's kind of what I thought too, right? He pronounces the '60s. Oh, has he really? Yeah, Shit. Johnny Quest was like a like a '60s cartoon. Oh, you know, I do remember. I do remember watching that one on Cartoon Network because they would show that. I remember they would show the '60s '60s one. I remember like that. If you watch CGI early in the one. morning, yeah, there was this. Yeah, yeah, there was that. But I remember early. If you watch Cartoon Network early, early, early in the morning, I think even Nickelodeon. If you watch it like at six a.m., Johnny Quest would be on. The original <laughs> right like programming. Yeah, or yeah, I think it was like once once TV turned back on at like four a.m. Because remember, like at like midnight, one o'clock is when all the infomercials started. Yeah, and then like then the normal stuff would turn back on at like four or five a.m. So it was always like shit that nobody watched because you know kids weren't up that early. So maybe it was like a nostalgia thing, like an early nostalgia thing, like knowing that parents get up like extra early to go to work or whatever, and the parents are flipping through the channels and see Johnny Quest and like, oh, I haven't seen this on since I was a kid. Yeah, it could be like, that. like in the '90s and that make like in the '30s ish, yeah. '40s. Yeah, that makes sense. Wow, that's kind of weird. Kind of like that's kind of what bizarre. Nick at Night was. That's what Nick at Night was. Yeah, for sure. It was showing stuff from that. That's why I always used to watch it because my mom wanted to always watch it. She's like, I haven't seen these shows since I was a kid, and then I got hooked on Bewitched and I Dream of Genie and all that kind of monsters. Yeah, kids are our kids are asleep after ten. Theoretically, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. when Nick and Night pops up at ten o'clock, it's it's now it's now parents' time. Makes sense. Sipping whiskey and watching Bewitched, living <laughs> the dream, baby. Man, that was a fun show. Anyway, uh, so is that all you got on, on yeah. the vinyls? No, that's all I got. All right, so I just have four things here that I'm going to talk about. The first thing is uh, from Jimmy World. Got a copy of Clarity, actually a pretty cheap mm. copy. It's pretty, exp- it's been pretty expensive for a long time, and I happened to find this one on a website. Or I found that this guy was selling it for like forty five dollars on on Discogs, and I'm like, okay, that's that's. It seems like they're selling a lot of stuff, and they had like an actual link to their website. So I went to the link on, I went to the actual website, and they were selling Clarity on their site for like fifteen dollars cheaper, or no, like almost, yeah, like fifteen dollars cheaper. It was like I paid thirty dollars for it. So, so I bought off the website, but then it didn't send me any confirmation. It just said that you paid, I think it was like <laughs> Movies on Mars or something. I guess the name of the store. You paid them X amount of dollars, 
but not, no tracking, nothing. Got nothing for like a week and a half, and then it just showed up on my doorstep. So <laughs> that was cool. And if you don't know me, we talked about Clarity so much in this band. I mean, this is their third record. Came out in 1999, early 99. I mean, this is this is an absolutely perfect record. You can't, I mean, I have nothing bad to say about no, it. It's and, true. And on this, the vinyl version, they have, it plays um, the entirety on the side D it plays the entirety of Goodbye Sky Harbor and then it plays um Sweetness. Well it plays something before Sweetness. It plays what uh Yeah, before Sweetness. What is it? I can't even remember. It's some demo that I had never I actually had never heard. It's like something like a Christmas card or something like that. It's something ah, I can't even remember right now. But anyway, it, yeah. It, yeah. What? I think they have like a Christmas song from that era. Yeah, but I had never heard it. I don't remember ever hearing it. Yeah, so it, it plays that in sweetness, and I, I I listened to the entirety of Goodbye Sky Harbor. That sixteen minutes, that sixteen minute loop, essentially. Yeah, and you, I loved as it. you should. It's fantastic. I love it. I love it. That's that's one of my favorite, one of my favorite Jimmy World songs right there. Oof. So it's it's one of their best. Come on, man. It's. I mean, it's it's a good song. I wouldn't say it's man. one of their best, but it's one of their best. It's not playlistable. Well, because it's sixteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a 16 minute loop, but it's great. I love this record and I, I have no issues and I'm super stoked. I got it for this much cause it's, I've been looking out for a while and it's always so expensive. So yeah, very, very excited. 50, mine was 55 with shipping, but it was sealed, <laughs> but I wish it wasn't sealed cause it'd be like 40 bucks. Mine was, mine was sealed. I hate buying sealed records. Just I don't care. Do. I know you do, but Just if you're fucking paying, open it. If you're paying $55 for it, I'd rather it be sealed than opened. No, for sure. If it was open, I'd be paying $35 for it. <laughs> I'm excited about this one, so that's cool. This next one here, uh, Vinyl Me Please, the website, they tried to pull a pull a fast one over over on me, but... I, they, Do they, they really try up. to pull a fast one over you? No, I, I, think they, I think they just fucked up. Oh. Uh, so I got a, the record from Big Boy from uh, Outcast. His first solo record is through Luscious Left Foot. Came out in July 2010, and yeah, I ordered this mid-December, and it said it said that it was bundled. So I thought, okay, they're just going to bundle this with my with my December order and just send both records at once. I mean, I I was fine with it, whatever, cool, didn't bother me at all. And then my December record came, but no outcasts. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? So then I, I emailed them, and they got back to me like, you know, a few hours later. And or they didn't even get back to me. I all like after I emailed them like a few hours later, I all of a sudden I got tracking information. <laughs> so it automatically like it, it was just so stupid. And then a couple hours after that, then they sent me an email saying, "So sorry about." Oh no, they didn't even say. They didn't even say. Oh, they said. Oh no, all they said was, "Uh, we've updated the tracking for your item." They didn't even like acknowledge, you know, <laughs> that it had been a month since I ordered it that they finally sent it. But they sounds so sus. <laughs> Very sus. <laughs> But they did hook me up with another record uh, last week, so I'm not upset. See? So, see? Uh, but yeah, <laughs> this big boy record. I mean, he is obviously the best part of Outcast, and this record is this record is really good, really, really good. What wow. I would love to see, I know, I know, Killer Mike's not on this, but I would love to see if see an entire record of just them two. That would be so cool. That could be a record of the year. It's too smooth. Year. It'd be too smooth for us. We like oh people wouldn't be able to handle it. It'd be too smooth. It'd be Your too smooth would and be buttery. Blown. Mind would be blown. And I can't. 
I don't think Big Boy's ever been on a Run the Jewels song, has he? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Oh, man, that'd be wild. Can you imagine yeah. a Run the Jewels album with all Big Boy and Zach De La Roca? Oof. That would be a dream come true. Man, Zach and Big Boy are just like complete opposites. Like Big Boy is so <laughs> smooth and calm and Zach yeah. is just so ecstatic and spazzy. Hearing them on the well, same it, track would be so great. It would be really cool. Or if it, or even if it was just like one one half of the album was Big Boy and the other half was, was Zach. Dude, that'd be amazing. I, dude, oh, I, I'm I'm always down for more Big Boy. I I can th- this album is the reason why I th- I really got into his side of Outcast because until this album that I got from Vinyl Me Please, mm-hmm. like a year and a half ago, I always just assumed that like Dre was the better rapper and like yeah like ATLians and stuff, but I never got into their lyrics or into a lot of the nuance like we did on the episode, and I always yeah. just assumed that yeah Dre's the better rapper because he's the more unique rapper. And that that's where it stops. Yeah, he is, that's, that's he it. is more unique, yes, but that is it. Big boy has so much more. He has better flow. He's smoother. He's man. He's he's great. He really this, is great. This record, though, this record is absolutely fucking fantastic. It is so goddamn good. Mm-hmm. It is. I good listened to it up. twice so far. So cool purple this vinyl too. Yeah, looks great. I mean, it matches perfectly with the cover. I have I have nothing bad to say about it. It's Man. really, really it's a really good pressing. And VM honestly I mean we've I've had kind of a rough and tumble experience with them, but they put out good stuff. I mean like good quality stuff. Especially if you like the band, it's good quality. Yeah. You know, they, they, they pay a lot of attention to detail and they I like that about them. Like if you're gonna pay cause you're essentially paying a premium price for these records. Yes. But they they do go above and beyond to to make it worth it. So I li- I do enjoy that, and their customer service actually is top notch. So yeah, I I I I love Vinyl Me Please. I have a whole year paid for already, so I'm I'm, I'm good through December. <laughs> but their records also hold value really really well. Like if you yeah if you look at Discogs, even stuff that is not even sold out that sold sells for forty five member price, it goes on Discogs for like forty. Like they hold value very, very well. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Look at your now, little hip hop uh, collection growing, dude. I did. It's I know it's getting wow. there. It's getting there. I'm proud of it. I'm very proud of it. You should be. You get good stuffs. I got some really. I was going when I was when I was going through my massive purge this week, which we'll talk about. You know, in a little uh, while, like maybe in a couple months on the pod. But yeah, when I was going through this massive purge, I was really admiring all the hip hop, and I forgot how much great hip hop I have. It's so fucking good. Some I don't know. It's, it's it's all good. I don't think I purged any hip hop actually. It's it's I pur- too early. I purged a couple. I purged a couple pop things, but I didn't. I didn't purge. Yeah, I didn't purge any hip hop. Now that I'm thinking about it, but. it's too it's too early to purge the hip hop. At some point, I mean, like if you have a solid collection going, Gigolo Tony would be uh, something be that would be on the on, on the yeah. list of, of purgeables. Yeah. But it's too. But early I do right like now. that style, though. I do like that style that that Gigolo Tony has. No, it's unless fine. I found it's, it's, if, unless I found like a couple of replacements that were just as good, if not better. Then I mean, I, I don't, I don't really see myself purging the, that part of my collection. You well, just we'll need see. a, you just need two life crew. They're 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 album before as nasty as we want to be, or as nasty as they want to be. That that yeah. album is Gigolo Tony, but better. Sure, it is. Maybe yeah. I'll get it sometime. Yeah, that is good. But I did see that that two life crew, the as nasty as they want to be, but you didn't want it, so. No, that's fine. I have I have enough two life crew. 
<laughs> one. You have too much, yeah. <laughs> Do you have that second one? Is that the second one you have? No, I had the one right before as nasty as they want to be. I think that's her yeah, third that's album. Just, oh, it, oh, but that's the one you're telling me to get. No, the one before that one. What? If if as if if as nasty as they want to be is their third album, the one before mm-hmm. that would be their second album, which I don't yeah. remember what it's called, but that's the one that I have, and you should get that one. Yeah, that's what I said. No, you said that you should get as nasty as they want to be, which is like their popular. I said you one. should get it. I said you should have got it. No, but then I said I already have one two life crew album, which is enough, and that's all I will ever have. So fucking gay. <laughs> so the uh, the next thing I have here is. A guy named Tal Farlow. Uh, the record is just called Tal, T-A-L. Uh, it was released in 1956. I don't know where this sits in his discography, you know. But uh, the only reason I know about this guy and I came across him was because he played with Red Norvo. So I have that that Red Norvo record, the Red Norvo with strings, which I, we talked about last week or two weeks ago on the pod. That was really, really, really good jazz. And uh, so that's why I recognize the name from. So And it was only $2.00. And the covers is like him holding the guitar, and dude, his guitar playing is, it's, it's just so good. Like I'm, I'm getting more and more into jazz guitar than I ever thought I would. Like I, I was always more like of a, of a, like a saxophone guy, like a drummer guy, when it came to to jazz. But now, I mean, there's there's some truly amazing guitar players. Obviously, Johnny Smith is my favorite, but this Tal Farlow, he's he's very very good. And actually, come to find out. I was reading a little bit more about him and he got his start with Red Norvo and Charles Mingus. So they had like a, um, a trio and that's how he got his start. And they did like three records together, like in 1953 and 1954. And I'm thinking, dude, that's a solid fucking lineup. That's a trio. (laughs) Right? Red Norvo. I mean, (laughs) before, you know, like a month ago when I discovered Red Norvo, I would have like gone, who the fuck is this guy? But yeah, Red Norvo, Charles Mingus on bass. And then, Tal Farlow on guitar, man. They, I, I, if I def, if I see those, I'm gonna for sure pick them up. But I think there's three. I think they did three together, in '53 and '54. So, but yeah, no. This this record is really it's it's just awesome jazz guitar. <laughs> it's it's excellent. So, if you ever see it, pick it up. I'm sure it's gonna be under five dollars, maybe five dollars at most. Because who the fuck knows who this guy is? I would have had yeah, no idea no, who this was. <laughs> for sure, and this this is like. Even like Red Norva, like I've still I'm still keeping my eye out for Red Norva, and I still don't see anything by him. Yeah, I think I got you a Red Norva just to have in your collection. Yeah. I think I did. I'm pretty sure I did. If not, I'll give you one. I'll give you one out of my collection because I have like five. So I'll give Damn, you one. Damn, that if was you, quick. How much you, did you fucking build that? Because collection I found quick. <laughs> because I got that first one from from Glass House, and then I found another one at White Rabbit, and then I found three at Radiation. So it, it was all within like a two weeks. So I'll probably give you like one or two of them. It probably just one. Ooh, girl. We'll see. So yeah, get into that. And then the last thing here is from, I don't know what this is. There's like no information on this at all. Like <laughs> really there is not. Uh, his name is Tony Addicts and his Sadiko band or Prince Tony Addicts and his Sadiko band. And this is a Nigerian guy I don't really know what he plays. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think he sings, but I think he might do like, I don't know. I really don't know what he does. And I can't figure out who he is or why he has so much music. 
this guy so I, I found this record it's called volume one it had i found it with no jacket it just had like a like a cardboard like a plain white cardboard jacket and i and i was going through like a bargain bin this is that radiation going through this bargain bin i'm like what the fuck is this so i pull it out real quick because it wasn't like in the singles section it was like in its own it was like in the album bin so i pull it out and i'm looking at it it's, it's, it just says made in nigeria like okay this looks this could be cool and it was a dollar or no two dollars and i'm like two dollars i could take the gamble with two dollars so i just threw it in my pile and yeah, it was two bucks and i threw it on and it took me forever to even find out what this record was because there's so little written about this guy and and so I was like typing in like song names and nothing was coming up. I, I typed in almost like all the song names. Nothing was really coming up. And then eventually I found out what record this is. It's just called Volume One. Any more basic, I don't even know. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't have any information on, for you on this one. This is, it, there's literally nothing on Spotify, Apple Music. There's some videos on YouTube, but they're entire albums worth of stuff, but not this particular album. With no and comments, with no comments, like very little, no description, any comments. Yeah, and and the only comments, the only stuff I've ever seen written about this guy is like, check out so and so, they're better than him, or <laughs> check out so and so because he took what this other person was doing. So the, the, I assume this came out mid seventies, late nineteen seventies, and it's like this, it's like this Afro, Afro beat, uh, dub reggae kind of sound. It's really cool. It is really cool. So I just found like a random a random beginning of an album that I'm just going to start playing for like a minute and a half just to so you get the gist of it because I don't even I can't find the album I got anywhere online. There's nothing. Mm. So yeah, I'm just going to play a little bit of uh Prince Tony Addicts and his Sidico band and I don't even know the name of the song because there's nothing written about it. So here we go. There you go, uh, Tony Adix and his Sadiko band. I don't know the name of the song, and the album that I have is more instrumental, so there's not as much of like whiny vocals. Even though the <laughs> vocals on the record I have aren't that whiny, this just sounds really whiny. I don't know why, but I don't know, man. The record I have is really, really good, but it's this not is, on um, YouTube. It's nowhere. <laughs> uh, this so is good. this is weird because usually, like, like we can kind of. 
we're, we're with weird eclectic stuff like this. We're usually on the same page of why we like something, but I feel this one. I don't know why I like this, and I don't know like how to articulate what about this like intrigues me or, or makes me want to like it a lot. But I, yeah. I do like this a lot. Like this, the particular song I just played, it actually has some like Indian instruments. What what is the 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 percussion the percussive instrument that's used in, in a lot of like Indian music, like sitar music that Ravi Shankar would use a lot? Even the, the jawbone used it. No. The donkey jawbone? <laughs> no, it's not that. It's not that. I mean, even the Beatles used it, you know, in, in some of their songs. I, I can't even remember, but they use like some some instruments from that style on the, that particular song. But the one I have is more, it's more like, key, not key, I don't want to say keyboard based, but it's more dub than, than, the, than what I just played. I can't even explain it. This is just a bad example, but it, it was just so hard to find something that resembled what I have on my record. So I, I, don't, I don't know. But this was, so. this was, I don't know, this was cool. This was, um, there's a lot of things going on here. A lot of things at play. And the video was only like 20, 20 minutes or 25 minutes, something like that. I think it was only the first side because the way they, that a lot of these albums are set up on YouTube is one video will be side A, the other, the next video will be side two. And hmm. yeah, I don't know. So I let it play like through the whole thing because I was just doing notes and shit anyway for the pod. So I let it end up playing throughout the whole the whole video. Mm-hmm. And again, like like I like all of these sounds. I like all of the different genres that I think they're either trying to mimic or they're starting. Because if we don't know when this even existed, I mean, who knows? This this could be like the precursor to all these dub genres that we know. I yeah. don't know, but I I like this a lot. This is really cool. I just can't believe I couldn't find anything. There was so little about this guy. I've never, I've never come across an artist this obscure, All for the pot at least. Well, you bought it for two dollars and had no covers, no, <laughs> cardboard. no jacket at all. Yeah, and even even now I'm kind of quite. No, I, I did confirm all the songs, so all the songs match because I did add it to my Discogs because I did eventually find it on Discogs. But then there's like <laughs> there's like fifth or like ten other uh, ten other variations of his name on discogs so it's just like there's like tony adix and then prince tony adix and then prince tony adix and his sadiko band and it's just all these different variations of the names yeah so there's like and then there's like no a lot of the things don't even have pictures so you don't know what i'm looking at and (laughs) yeah so little written about him but whatever it was good stuff it's good stuff i don't know if anybody will ever find his music in the wild but whatever i mean i paid two bucks for it and I think my copy, or at least what I have, if I had a jacket, I think it goes for like $22. So quite a deal. I, I guess a lot of this kind of music, this kind of Afrobeat stuff from the 70s goes for like at least $20, $25 and up. Because it's just it's kind just, of like an obscure genre. Yeah, it's so obscure. And it's yeah. like, I don't know. It's fucking bizarre. Like really the only artist that, that came out of that and like really popularized it was Fela Kuti. Like maybe Ginger Baker, but that's only because of his relation to Fela Kuti. Yeah. But I mean, really, that's the only reason why this, that genre has any, like, is recognizable is because of him. That's all I got from my vinyls. I'm a song of the week. Woo. That's it. That's all, baby. <sighs> my throat hurts. It's dry. But we're going to, we're going to, you know, move on. So we got for the vinyls. So some new music and other happenings in the music world are, uh, are, friend of the pod, Dane, 
from Dane and the, Dane and the Death Machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, he put out a new song. It's the first song he's recorded in I think like over ten years. Uh, it is a cover. It's called Blood Hail, and I cannot remember who originally did it. <laughs> who did the song? But uh, yeah, it's 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 good. He's he's actually been sending you, Jeff and I little clips of you know some of the stuff he's recording and re-recording of his old some of his old music and uh i mean it's good stuff honestly i i I like dane's music i've always been into it since i became friends with him back in high school so i'm digging it so should we play a little bit of this what do you think yeah we have permission we do this is like one of the few times we actually have permission to play a song uh so here's i'm trying to trying my my hardest to uh open this as fast as i can so Here's a, okay. here's a little bit of uh, our, f- our friend Dane and Dane in the Dane in the Death Machine and his cover of Blood Hail. There you have it, Dane and the Death Machine, and their song "Blood Hail." His song "Blood Hail." <laughs> I don't know, whatever you want to say. I'm digging it. I mean, it's. I'm a fan. Of, I'm a fan of my friend's music. Sure. I'm not. I'm not just like blowing smoke up his ass. I've always enjoyed it, and other people I've I've introduced his music to. They've they've been into it and supportive of him. Go check him out. Spotify, Apple Music. All, he has like, I think maybe four albums and maybe a couple EPs that he's put out over the last like 15, 20 years now. Um, yeah, he's been doing it for a long time since he was, we were in high school, even though we didn't go to the same high school. But anyway, good stuff. Well, we're going to have him on the pod, you know, sometime, I'd say within the next year or so. Yeah, um, very soon. For yeah, sure. Yeah, very soon. Yeah. Let's talk more because he's, like I said, he's going to put out a new record of just re-recorded stuff as well as new music so we'll have him on for that and we've had him on before and it's always been a lot of fun we've talked about his music we've talked we did a sugar ray album with him and that was a lot of fun so (laughs) yeah it's yeah he's he's a he's a really really cool guy so um 
I don't know. Do you got anything else about this one, or what do you think? What do you say? Um, no, it was, I, it was good. I liked it. Solid, solid stuff. Good. You liked it. And yeah, it's it's not like we're just like like I don't know gushing over our friend. It's like we we've mentioned Dane in in various iterations over the years. Mm-hmm. And not just like him, but like I am Alpha and different stuff that he's been a part of and then he's done. Mm-hmm. Like it's so it's not. It's not just like we're trying to build our friend up, which we are. You should always support like your friends and anything they do. Yeah. Even if it's bad, whatever. But this is not bad. It's good. It's solid. And and I think if we had a friend who, who didn't have good music, we would try to avoid talking about it. We would try our hardest not to talk about it. But we like talk still, about it. Even if we had a friend that had awesome. shitty music, we'd still go to their show. Oh, yeah. And, and support them. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're yeah. good friends. So. But no, Dane does really put put out good stuff, and I mean, I've I've seen him play acoustic shows, I've seen him play full band shows. He kind of does it all, which is pretty cool. So go check it out. He's a good guy. Go support him. Definitely go support him. Follow him on Instagram. You know, all of his shit on social media is Dane and the Death Machine, and yeah, he's a he's a cool artist too. We've talked about his. We did a whole episode about his fucking art too. Remember that? Yeah, the comics, <laughs> the the uh, shit baby. Yeah, shit, baby. Yeah, comic. It's comic, yeah. So super dope comics. Super dope comics. Good stuff. He hasn't done he hasn't done anything with that for a long time. But yeah, good stuff. Go check him out. Support local music and just good music in general. So yeah. um this next thing here is uh comes from the band's The Main, Taking Back Sunday and somebody named Charlotte Sands. And uh it's a song called Loved You a Little and it's like a modern pop punk song what'd you think of this i liked it it was cool i dug it was good it was good I but got then, down yeah i don't know there were there are moments that kind of thought made me think of john feldman and i didn't like it like some of the that, like the going into like the choruses with her reminded me a lot of feldy so I that, that. I, like I, I googled her name and she's just a, an artist in some capacity with okay. not not much going on as far as just she's new, I think. Mm-hmm. But the song when when she was singing, it reminded me of like like Haley Williams and Paramore, early Paramore okay. status style, and it was it was fine. And the song was kind of cool. Like I dug it. I would listen to more of this. Um, I think this is kind of like a one off thing though. So I don't think I listened to um, besides Taking Back Sunday. Like the main is just a, a rock band that's never. Never interested me. And they've been over for like a while too. For some reason. Nah. I mean, not that I dislike them. I just, I've never, I've never really got into them. That's kind of why I put them on here too, because we both like Taking Back Sunday and I thought you liked the main. So, nah, I guess too, not. Too, uh, too alt rock for me. They're from, <laughs> I think they're from Arizona too, though. Really? Yeah. Why, how are you discovering all these bands are from Arizona now? Because I just bought a record so, yeah. two days ago that from this <laughs> random band from Arizona. Because all these records always have like local Arizona band sections, and it's and then mm. like I'm always in that section. And I, I'm looking for one specific fucking thing, and they never have it. And so when I end up talking to him about like, oh, do you ever get this Moonlight Magic? This that that kind of surf exotica thing that I, that I showed you not too long ago. Mm. And like, no, I never get that. That's that's so fucking good. And like, oh yeah, you know, like what other Arizona bands do you like? And we talk about these things. And I hear these names come up over and over and over. And the main's one of them. Hmm. And the main is one of them. I'm pretty sure they're from Arizona. I'm, now like I, I gotta I, double I check. Bet. I would bet. Let's see. Bet, bet. Maine. They're probably from Maine. No, that's too stupid. 
<laughs> no, you're right. They're from Tempe, Arizona. Yeah, you were you were right. Oh, Why are they called the Maine? College town. Why are they called the Maine? I don't like that. And it's Maine, like spelled like the state. That's fun. I don't like that. That's not fun. That's they should have been called the Tempe's. The Tempe's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's so terrible. <laughs> better than the main all right so that that's all we got for new music we're not gonna play unless you want to do you want to play that no i don't want to play that no. it, it was it wasn't bad though it wasn't bad yeah no it really it really wasn't it really wasn't bad but we're, we're not gonna play it so uh, there's two things left i mean we're done with the new music but there's two things we kind of want to talk about uh the first being the mighty mighty boston's they have broken up after like 30 years or some shit like that but i like 12 records or i think it's 12 records dude the boss has been stuff. around since like the early 80s yeah, they've been around for a long time, long ass time. And I, I don't, I didn't realize all these fucking people cared about the Boston's because I don't think they did. I think it was just a, a thing that people were, were jumping onto the bandwagon because yeah, meh, the Boston's, meh, they're fun. Know. Like if they if they were opening up honestly, for a band I like. Honest question: How many actually? How many albums through and through, front to back, have you listened to by the Boston's? Zero. <laughs> See, that's the Boston's. I know. I, I'm. I know. I'm. I'm not saying like I'm a fan. I've never claimed I'm a fan. But they've never been bad. I've never wanted to turn it off when they come on. And if, it's, like I said, if they opened up for a band yeah. I liked, I'd be, I'd watch them. It'd be fun. I, I would watch them while ordering drinks from like the bar. I wouldn't like <laughs> post a spot up and 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 get down. Like I listened to pretty much almost all of their stuff from the nineties, which is really? probably like five albums. Yeah. Shit. But like that's it. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't. I there's no. I don't know. It's I, a lot I of the same. I don't care enough. I don't. I yeah. don't care enough. There's never any like true aggression that I really want, and it's it's always just um, I don't know. Sometimes it gets into the ska punk stuff, but mostly it's just like uh, the impression that it. I get type of, of of ska, which is mm-hmm. fine. But they do get aggressive, and like I said, the '90s is, is really the only time that I want to listen to them. But once they get to let's face it, the the album that has the impression that I get, that's mm-hmm. about it. And the Rascal King. The rascal king is in front of him. I don't even know if I know that song. I don't know. I've never been. I've never been a big fan, but I know people like them. And yeah, nobody fucking likes. Nobody like loves the boss tone. I, that's why I, I don't understand this this internet thing that everybody was so broken about the boss. But I, never, I know none of these people talking about. The there boss. were a like lot the, of people. I know there were a lot of people talking. This about is like it. the Limp Bizkit thing. All of a sudden, Limp Bizkit comes out with a record. Everyone's fucking gushing over it. It's like the Boston's. I never fucking heard seeing nobody post about the Boston's ever, ever. Yeah, now all of a sudden, people are broken. Oh my childhood! Get the fuck out! You never once talked about the Boston's. You know they put out a rod fucking album in 2021. Probably. I know it's crazy. Like in June. It's weird, it's weird that they break up so soon after. But, oh, yeah. know, whatever. Whatever. Every time I die, I broke up like three months after they put out a new record. So what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this last thing here, I'm, I mean, if we're, I mean, <laughs> this is already like a, a week old news, but Neil Young removes all of his music from Spotify as well as like Joni Mitchell and I don't know who else, but yeah, they removed all their stuff because of Joe Rogan. Um, I don't know. Maybe they've never listened to Joe Rogan. I, I have no idea. But uh, they removed it. And then even yesterday, last night, Joe Rogan posted like a nine minute like podcast thing on on his Spotify saying like, you know, never my intention to misinform people. Like we'll we'll put a like a um, 
like a disclaimer. A, a disclaimer before, and I'll try to like book the guests so they're more varied rather than just you know one kind of person, which he never really does anyway. I mean, his guests are so varied that. I know I Joe mean, Rogan has for as horrible of an interviewer as he is. It's just he's a he's a he's an easygoing guy. He does have people that he thinks like the opposite. Like you know what I mean? Like he yeah the, the way he thinks he has people on that think the complete opposite of him. It's true it's all just, the time. It is insane that mm-hmm. anybody takes Joe Rogan seriously in any know, capacity. Right? right? He's he's a, he's a stand up comedian who is not funny. Uh, he's a mediocre actor. He's never been in any TV show or movie I've ever really enjoyed. Um, I think he's, I think he's, he's interesting at some time. Sometimes he's interesting. I don't obviously don't agree with everything he says, which you should never agree with anything. Like if somebody has one viewpoint, you should never agree with everything they believe in. That's just stupid. Silly boy talk. But he does have really good guests. Like you said, he has really good fucking guests on his show. Sometimes, but exactly. Like thinking back to his stand-up days, not funny. Thinking back, he's still to the stand-up like, constantly. Kind of, kind of talk show host and Fear Factor was boring and kind yeah. of weird too, to be honest. And and then his commentating, like from UFC, not good. So like <laughs> nothing he ever did was was like good. And then he got this podcast, and it would be interesting to see like how how he got to where he is. At what point did he become? like the standard as opposed to just another podcaster because Joe Rogan is the standard. You yeah, you do you yeah. start a podcast with the end hope of being Joe Rogan. How successful he is at fucking podcasting. I've heard I've heard other other stand-up comedians who are friends with Joe Joe Rogan, they 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 always say that people like him so much or he has so many like connections and close friends within the, within the industry because he is so personable. I guess he's like one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet and he's so down apparently he's very down to earth and he's very open to what people say and he actually listens when he you is, talk. He does. Yeah. And and it kind of that kind of does show in his podcast. Um but I mean yeah obviously nobody's perfect and he does say some stupid shit. I mean that listen to all the stupid shit we say on here. Like if we if we had 11 guys got like 2000 episodes and fucking we're you know what I mean? And, and like every now, episode all of a sudden every episode streaming over 10 million times, you know? So it's like, it's, it's crazy. And just another crazy thing. It's like, why are people so afraid of Joe Rogan? Why, why are so many people going after them? Like he, he, who is he? Like what? He's nobody. He's he's like clearly based off the Instagram video he posted, all he's doing is just going back to his mansion and laughing and thinking how stupid we all are for (laughs) the amount of money he made just for sitting down and talking because he yeah. didn't edit nothing no more. It's, he has no, a he good crew care. of people. He just fucking sits and, and talks. Yeah, and and drinks whiskey, smokes. Like there, there it's was just, it's it's insane. Dude, he he did, he did an episode. I, I listened to this podcast that Burt Kreischer does. He's another stand up who I don't I don't like stand up, but I like when I like when stand ups do podcasts. They they do podcasts pretty well. And and Burt Kreischer was on Joe Rogan's podcast. They did like a they did two episodes. Because they did, they they filmed all at once. They did the whole episode at once, but it was too long, so they cut it into two episodes of like two and a half hours each. And if you and I listened to a lot of it, but you can by the by the second episode, you could tell they're just blitzed. They've just <laughs> been drinking whiskey. They've been smoking like crazy. They're they're just they're just don't they're just like 
just rambling. And then Bert was talking about on his podcast the week after that, he was like, yeah, I blacked out after like the third hour. Like he said, I don't remember anything. I don't remember that entire day after, after the third hour of that podcast. So he, he has no idea what he even third said. Third hour. <laughs> but they're like really close friends. So they just like shot the shit for four or five hours. It's crazy. So that's but, so funny. Yeah, but it's just, and then also like, I don't know. Spotify has been under, under scrutiny for multiple, multiple reasons, multiple times, multiple years. And it's just like for paying their they're paying their their artists like shit, but this guy Neil Young has never said a fucking word, nah. and all these artists don't nah. ever come out and speak out. And then Bandcamp does like Bandcamp Friday, and it's not like Neil Young or Joni Mitchell, or the Foo Fighters, are coming out. I'm like, yeah, dude, Bandcamp Friday's coming out. Instead of Spotifying, you should just buy something on Bandcamp because the proceeds yeah. go to the artist. They never say a goddamn fucking word, but now what all about- of a sudden, now now there's political. <laughs> Now they get behind it and Neil Young pulls all of his shit. Like, man, fuck out of here. Yeah, I know. It's it's fuck silly. Off. And then when you look at it, like he doesn't pull his shit from Apple, but you know, look at all the shit that Apple does with just the making of the iPhones and all that shit, you know, all the the manufacturing of that is just like He's a, a lot chode. of human a lot of human rights violations going on there, but where's the uproar for that? But you know, it's just Joe Rogan. Like, why are we fighting Joe yeah, Rogan? Why Joe Rogan? It's such a. It's such like a. He said it's become a scape. He's become a scapegoat. But he loves it. He he, he like that. Him being the scapegoat just makes his ratings go even higher. It, it he makes loves him go it. even higher. And not only that, he's already he's already being paid out. He's already under contract with Spotify. I know for hundred million fuck dollars. What like, he does, he can he can literally say whatever he wants, and he's still going to make money. He's still going to make the money because he's under contract because they bought his, his rights. Not only that, he's making a shit ton of money. Still, he still does stand up. He makes a ton of money doing that on top of the UFC fighting. So I think the only reason why he's coming out with any sort of apology thing is to kind of. So I think I think what he really loves is the UFC stuff, is the fighting stuff. I think that's what he really loves. So I think he's probably afraid that he's going to lose that. I think he's more worried about losing that than anything else in his career. I also think he generally is kind of like a nice guy. And I think when, when somebody is genuinely upset about something that he said, he does kind of care. Yeah. Uh, yeah to maybe, an extent. Yeah. I think he does I think I think he does have more empathy than people give him credit for. And I think he does genuinely care when people that he perceives as either are friends or heroes or family because he likes Neil Young and he talked yeah. about like Neil Young and he saw him in concert early on in in his lifetime and he loves Neil Young who doesn't fucking like Neil Young yeah how can you not <laughs> it's just, I, I just like what bothers me is not that Neil Young had the balls to pull his stuff from Spotify because I think it's fucking dope that's cool if you're going to say you're going to do something you fucking do you it you should do it yeah and you he should did follow through with it yeah badass I like that what I have a problem with is that he's been quiet all these fucking years after numerous artists have come out and said how horrible Spotify is to the to the artist to the genre to the to the to the scene and he's been mm-hmm. crickets, crickets, nothing, nothing. Now all of a sudden he's coming out and fucking saying something over something political, something so highly political. And that's yeah. just like to me, that's just gross. Like you don't care about people as people, you care about them as like voters. And that's that's gross. I don't yeah. like that. And like I was, I was talking to you about this yesterday. We were texting about it. I was saying like when you take Neil Young off, yeah, that's going to be a hit to Spotify to the revenue. But look at all the the contemporary artists like look at bts who we're actually gonna be doing next week spoilers i uh, look at bts you know their top five spotify songs have over like three billion streams each i think the top neil young maybe has like 200 million if that it's like you know it's not that big of a hit to spotify on a revenue level so i don't know 
I don't think Spotify really cares too much about that. No, it's so. all it's all publicity, and it's it all is. just keeping or saving face for Spotify at this point. Yeah, and putting that little disclaimer because it's, it's it's nothing more than just like you can click a link to go to some other probably biased website that would give you facts or opinions presented as facts on on COVID related stuffs. Yeah, it, which yeah. it's. I mean, it's and then Joe Rogan never. I, I mean, I don't listen to a lot of his stuff because he posts every fucking day. Yeah, he posts like a lot. three hours long. Like, how you who who keeps up with that? Yeah, I don't know who listens to every episode. That'd be insane. But he never like he never really comes out and just says like this is fake, this is false, or whatever. You know, Alex Jones is on there, and that's a whole different story. But usually, it's yeah. he's he's kind of just saying facts change. And when you know, last year we we thought one thing. And this year, that same thought has now changed and morphed into this thought. So things are always changing. So we shouldn't take it at face value now because in a year from now, who knows where it might go to. So it's not like he's explicitly saying false things. It's more of like, let's let's take it as, as I don't know, as, as today it's one thing, but tomorrow it could be something completely different. Yeah, yeah. It's almost, almost like an opinion. I don't know. It's just, God, and, why, why are we talking about Joe and, Rogan? And like, and like, so and like we said... It all comes to back to like it's fucking Joe Rogan. Who gives a fuck, man? Like how how threatened do these net, these like news networks have to be? I mean, because clearly it's it's all brought on by these big networks because you know they're only they're getting less than a million viewers per show, but Rogan's getting over ten million a show. <laughs> you know, there's obviously a huge discrepancy there. So maybe that's the reason why, because they're trying to take down somebody that's pulling people from other you know sources i i, I don't fucking know who knows i think it's, like above all else too joe rogan is is completely happy with shitting on republicans democrats libertarians green parties he shits oh, on yeah, fucking totally everybody knows. yeah and there's no there's no like end game for joe rogan to like run for president there's no end game for him to be to, to, to come into politics and 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 rule over the people like he doesn't give a fuck about anything <laughs> no. i think that's what scares that's what scares, you know, the, the Illuminati, the people behind the doors <laughs> the most is the fact that he just, he's like, oh, he's like, he's like, he's a wild cannon. Yeah. Kill anybody. And then, and then now he lives in a state, you know, where he, should, he cares even less because he lives in Texas now. He lives like on his own like compound in Texas. Like the fuck does he care? He pays like probably nothing in taxes. You know, he doesn't have to deal with yeah. crazy stupid laws like here in California. He doesn't give a fuck. <sighs> Neil Young will probably put his shit back on within the year. So yeah, no, I, I, I the takeaway from this is I really don't care. I have a lot of Neil Young stuff in the vinyls anyway. If yeah. I didn't, I would just maybe listen somewhere else or just not listen at all. Don't care. I know it does bother me though that there's been just a long line of of I don't know bad stuff that these big corporations have been doing to artists, and everyone's quiet. But yeah. now all of a sudden we got to fucking speak up on something that still doesn't affect the artist. Like they're not mad yeah. at Spotify still for paying the artist like shit. They're mad for, for Joe Rogan, <laughs> I know. who already has a fuck ton of money, guaranteed. <laughs> and they're not going to fire him. They can't fire him. They, he would they, love to be fired. He, he would love to be. He would do nothing. He would do nothing and like, sell the money. Can, can you imagine like the like the amount of lawyers that were involved when negotiating that contract? And any sort of stipulation Oof. that they had to be written in there, like if Spotify were to release you, how much money you would possibly make just by the breaking of that contract? It must be 
astronomical. Yeah, you and that's why Spotify hasn't done it. Yeah, you ever tried breaking a lease in a fucking apartment complex? <laughs> Are you kidding you me? Yeah. Silly. I don't know. Yeah, Silly. very stupid. So, uh, I don't know. That's all I got. Do you have anything else? That's it. That's all. All right. So, thank you all for listening to the podcast. Go to you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us five stars. Uh, social media at Ask Nine Radio. All that good stuff. Keep listening. Stay tuned for the main episode because we are getting into the album interventions and lullabies from the format. And uh, that's it. That's all. Jordan.